0: Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, joined with my co-host, Father David Tickerhoof. Before we get into our podcast for for today, um, we're going to let you know about our books, up on Amazon for purchase Father David's book evangelizing Catholic culture and my books more than words the freedom to thrive after trauma and fearless abundant life through infinite love and um, for human and spiritual integration workshops parish healing missions please contact us through sacredhearthealingministries.com you can also find information about trauma therapy at that same website Father David, so excited to talk to you about this. You know, it's July, the month of the precious blood. And oh so
1: yeah, traditionally it's a, a big deal. There's big deal.
0: so much to, to just really crack open with that. So that's our podcast topic for today, the power of the precious blood. Yeah. And I have never heard anybody talk as much about the power of the precious blood of Jesus as I have you. So I'm going to let you introduce the topic for today and get us kicked off.
1: Okay. So I'm going to present it from a pastoral point of view, and then we can launch out from there into the specifics of it. But what you're really dealing with is the whole heart of the person of Jesus and his death and resurrection. So that's the Paschal mystery. And the, the spirituality of Vatican council too is the Paschal mystery. So, when you're dealing with the death and resurrection of Jesus, you're dealing automatically with the pouring out of His blood, mm-hmm. and we see symbols of that in in the piercing of His heart. We see symbols of that of the wounds in His hands and His His feet. And so you can't talk about the resurrection without talking about the dying that He went through, and of course, then the power of the blood comes from the power of the Paschal Mystery, which is what is the heart of our Catholic spiritual life. And it is, has all kinds of applications to people's personal lives. And so it's important for us to understand what the blood is and the ways it can it is expressed, not just theologically and pastorally, but practically. How does a, a person uh, wanting to grow in holiness deal with the understanding of the blood of Jesus in their personal life as they grow and transform and the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. So uh, that's the arena we can move in in, (laughs) and we can talk about in terms of the Eucharist as well. And so we have a lot of areas we can focus upon. So I'm going to let you launch into the one that you feel good about, and we'll see where it goes. Well,
0: I, I, of course, want to start with, I don't know, that's Gosh, you you laid so much out there. So, um, you know, I think there's a beauty in how we go from the month of June, the month of the Sacred Heart, into July, the month of the Precious Blood. And it just shows you the richness, right, of like, I mean, even how, like, with the Triduum, we we have to break apart what happens in the Lord's Passion into tiny, tiny little things, you know, and there's the last supper and then there's the betrayal. And then there's the way of the cross and the crucifixion and then um, being in the tomb and then resurrection and all of that gets broken up into three days, but it's so beautiful. I love that the church as a good mother says, okay, kids, there's still so much more here that we need to unpack. So we're going to break it down even further, you know? And so it beautiful. breaks it down into the heart of Jesus and that compassion. Right. And that we really
1: celebrate last
0: month. And then, but it's like, okay, like we have to break it down even further to talk about now that we've talked about his heart, let's talk about the blood. And there's still so much, there's still so much, like so much more, even though those two are so obviously intimately connected. And so, um, so maybe the, uh, that's a good place to start going from the heart, the connection between the heart of Jesus and the power of the precious blood. And that's to me that for me, that's very um, that very much is wound up in the Eucharist, right? Because we know when Eucharistic miracles have happened and they've tested the particles of the Eucharist, it shows as cardiac muscle. It shows as heart muscle, it's the heart, right? right? And so and yet it's we you know it's body, blood, soul, and divinity. So um, so maybe something, maybe that's a good direction, huh? Heart of Jesus and the Eucharist. And-
1: yeah. There's they're connected. There's no way to separate that out. When we talk about it, we have to divide it out and talk about different aspects. But from my point of view, you know, I I'm belong to the Sacred Heart Province. I've always had a devotion to the Sacred Heart. Recently, in the last number of years, what I've realized is that it's just not a devotion to the Sacred Heart, but here, when we're talking about the culture of connection and the culture of compassion, you're talking about the pierced heart of Christ. So the blood is flowing from the heart of Christ as we receive the graces, of living in the sacred heart and re- relating to Jesus because that's the core and center of his being, his heart. But the blood is always there when you talk about the heart of Jesus. You're talking about the pouring out of his blood. And if you look at many of the pictures in our Catholic history and of uh, literature and devotion, you always see the wound in the heart now, you see the wound in the heart. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a heart that is wounded for love of us, poured out for the transformation and healing and salvation and intimacy, intimacy. So when we belong to the heart of Christ, we belong to the wound in the heart, which means is we have an intimate connection to the power of the blood.
0: Yeah. That's wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. I, you know, there's a a song I think as Catholics, we see it more as a Protestant song, but man, the, some of the lyrics are so beautiful. The song rock of ages, you know, Which, it always makes <laughs> me think about the heart of Jesus as the rock. Yeah. That's the rock of ages cleft for yeah. me, right? The wound, yeah. let me hide myself in thee, Yeah. it says, you know, so I just, I love that image of the, the wound, you know, um, yeah, yeah, it draws us right into like see the the heart of Jesus as the door of, of the doorway into the life and love of the Trinity that that we're called into and through into the life of of God of the Triune wow. God's.
1: Yes, beautiful. And the, and the experience of it, too, is that, that we, we can talk about the ministry and the relationship to the wound and the heart of Christ a little bit later, if you want. But basically, at, this, at the point of the intimacy with the Lord— no matter whether you're talking about the, day, the, the areas of people going through conversion and they're dealing with their sinfulness and weakness and a lack of human and spiritual integration, which we know is a big thing for us because it, you've got to have human and spiritual integration. You just can't treat your spiritual life one way and then go and do your human life and maturity another way. So when you're dealing with the heart, you're always dealing with the love. One of the areas where the the love, the the blood that pours from the heart is the whole deliverance ministry, when you talk about it in terms of ministry, because we, we are exposed to the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we're constantly in spiritual warfare. I mean, I would say many, many, many Catholics don't get that. But that's why sometimes they get taken by surprise, or their weaknesses overcome them, or things because they don't realize that talking about this, you're in the immediacy of the power of the blood, the power of the cross. You know, and here here's when we tie it into compassion. In uh, Saint Bonaventure's uh, major works, he Francis in his early conversion, he's praying in a cave up in Assisi. And actually, he was praying for six hours. Can you imagine somebody praying for six hours? His buddy's sitting out in front of the cave because he's tired, okay? (laughs) So anyhow, he's praying, and it was finishing up, and he had an apparition of Jesus on the cross. And what does that describe? That when he saw Jesus on the cross, his heart was pierced with compassion, with mercy, It's the key to the unity between human and spiritual integration, because you're dealing with the whole person. And from that point on, Francis was in the fullness of his conversion. He had to go through the leper on the plains, and he had to go through the thing with his father and then leaving his business. But the the anointing, which is the inf- anointing is an infusion infu- of special grace. He received in an apparition the anointing of compassion by reaching out and seeing and experiencing the blood, the wounds, the pierced heart, the suffering. So, for Franciscans especially, the power of the cross is clearly the foundation and center of our spiritual life. And 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 the human and spiritual integration of living a Franciscan life. Mm-hmm. So right. you just can't avoid it. It's there all the time. We can talk about it a little bit later in terms of the ministry. What's the power of the blood? What? Does no, the-
0: go ahead. The go ahead. Don't wait. <laughs> well, go for it.
1: so if we're going to do spiritual warfare, we have the world, the flesh, and the devil. The key gift that we need, spiritual gift is a discernment of spirits. So what's coming from our weakness in our human flesh? What's coming from the the, uh, power of the world, you know, being captured by the worldly things and blocking spiritual transformation? And what's coming from the devil? And it, the scriptures are loaded with example after example of the power of, of the, the demons and the way they, they, in a very deceptive, deceiving way, uh, so they, they trick people into giving into their weaknesses now. So when you're when you're doing spiritual warfare and you're entering into the pierced heart of Jesus, you're entering into the pouring out of the blood. So you you in the name of Jesus and by the power of the blood, you take authority spiritually, anointed authority over any influences of Satan in the situations you're doing spiritual warfare. And you, many people will talk about how all of a sudden everything's clears up. All of a sudden, all the confusion and darkness goes away. Why? Because it was demonic influence, and then you can respond to personal transformation. Then you can respond to the spiritual graces, and so life goes along in this dynamism of spiritual warfare. That's just simple. It's simply the way it goes. You know, <clears throat> it's biblically based, and as a result of that, the importance of of the uh, The devotion to the blood of Jesus has always been central and it's very central because he went through and you see his passion and his wounds and the suffering and the beatings that he took in the cross, the blood just pouring from the person of the divine son of God for personal holiness, cleansing, devotion, intimacy, warfare, all of that's connected and it's connected in the Paschal mystery, the dying and the rising of Jesus.
0: Yeah, it's it makes me think about um, <clears throat> makes me think about Longinus, the saint who thrust the before his conversion, <laughs> the, yeah. who thrust the the sword into the side of Jesus. It, it pierced his heart, and then the moment that that flowed out over him, like precipitated his conversion. It also makes me think how appropriate that we celebrate St. Thomas, the apostle, at the beginning of the month yeah. of July, right? Where he he went from doubting Thomas to believing Thomas, who ended up becoming martyr, St. <laughs> Thomas, by, and, and by he, seeing you know, he the was, wounds he, and touching his, you know, well, where the blood flowed out, right?
1: Yeah, but you know how he was martyred? He was skinned alive. He was, wow. he was flayed alive.
0: Was that Thomas? I thought it was Nathaniel. Was that Thomas, Thomas? the Apostle? Really? Yeah, yeah. Man,
1: India. Wow. He was went to India, the India which is now India area of the world. You know, wow. That's according to tradition. Wow.
0: So you just see, like to me, such a um, it's like the point of divine intimacy, like being drawn in us, drawn into the wound, in the heart of Christ, and then so we're drawn into him and then he comes into us by his precious blood right and it's not just the blood poured out when he died it's he's alive now and so it's it's living blood mm-hmm. and so it's not just living because he's yeah. a creator it's life-giving absolutely
1: you know? yeah beautiful and, beautiful
0: and, and blood is like life force i mean that's what yeah. it is right that's why it's
1: it's a it's power.
0: such a big deal. And it's yeah. a cleansing. Right. And it's not just life like, you know, our human life. It's it's his life. So it's yeah. divine life giving, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, the blood's the source of our life. You know, if we don't have any, if we run out of blood, we don't live. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, but it's not just our human life. It's not just our human life that sustains us in its divine life yeah. because it's yeah. Jesus' blood. You
1: know. yeah the Son of God when he yeah. touches us, he, he cleanses us with his blood because you keep, from a direct experience of the intimacy of God and the soul, there that, that blood is there all the time with the gift of life so that we have a natural, and a supernatural connection to the blood of Jesus so we we use the blood in many ways to to uh, go through the cleansing from the struggles with the world and the flesh and the devil we go through continual cleansing and deepening more and more and we get we get washed clean in the blood of the lamb yeah. the lamb is a symbol of the risen and glorified Christ it's through the blood of the lamb that we're washed clean. Isn't that beautiful?
0: Well, it is. And then if you, if you go into the, like the, um, I'm sure you have a lot more to say about this than, than my limited knowledge, but how like the lamb was sacrificed in, you know, prior to Jesus, the way it was done at, you know, Seder meals and that kind of thing, how a lamb had to be sacrificed and and the blood had to be poured out. Right. right. And then Jesus is sacrificed and his blood is yeah. poured out. And so, that doesn't need to happen over and over and over again because it it happened, you know, the lamb,
1: right? But even in in the old Testament, Moses at the foot of the altar, uh, foot of the mountain, he pours blood on the altar from the sacrifice of the lamb and then on the people, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what is, so you don't have the new covenant without the blood. It yeah. You just mystically, mystically meaning mm. direct infusion of grace. You just don't have the Paschal mystery without touching the divine experience of the blood of Jesus, the Son of God. Isn't that beautiful?
0: It is beautiful. it's oh, are yeah. really beautiful, if, you know, for our listeners. If, if you haven't seen this image before, I just really encourage you to look it up online. So if you look up St. Catherine of Siena. Drinking from the side of Christ, it was a mystical experience she had, and yeah. the picture is. There are a couple of different versions of it, but it's it's really uh, it's so profound. It's so oh, wow. uh, it's, oh, God. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like it's beyond words. Yeah. It really is. It's. it's and Africa. even Francis,
1: when he received the stigmata, you know, it was it was a mystical divine. Experience, but it was Jesus crucified. Jesus crucified. So the blood was at the heart of the intimacy and the transformation of the grace. So that that power of the blood put the wounds in the hands and side of Francis, and then from then on, his wounds bled. His side would bleed. His wounds would bleed, and it. Basically, that operation of grace at the center of his soul was what was able to bring forth the symbol and clarity and externality of the wounds in his hands, his feet, and his side.
0: That's so amazing. The scripture that keeps coming to mind is from Philippians, where it's... um, Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. And we know that he, he emptied himself of, um, you know, is in the his place in heaven by taking on flesh and sharing in our humanity. But at the same time, like even in his flesh, then he emptied himself again in a very, very literal way you know, yeah. with his uh-huh. blood, the blood and water flowing from his side. And I just think that's so, it's, it's so telling of who he is. It's like, he just keeps emptying himself and emptying himself right. and emptying himself, you know, sure. over and over and over again. And um, yeah, it's just, if, and uh, first we need to receive that, right. As he empties himself for us and, and into us. And then it becomes our model for emptying ourselves, right. In generosity, a a podcast that'll be coming up when we go back to virtues and vices, picking up, talking about generosity versus greed, you know, but um, it just, it also ties together him flowing into us and then through us, you know? Yes. Because it doesn't stop. It's like remember um one of your brother friars many years ago talking to Father Angelus, talking to me about um how if the Lord's grace just flows into us and stops, then it's like it's like water becomes stagnant if it doesn't have a place where it's coming in and where it's going out. When it's coming in and it's going out, then it stays fresh. But if water comes in and just stops then it can become stagnant. And I I think Uh, in a lot of ways that can be seen in terms of the grace we receive from the Lord, if it just comes into us and into our life and it doesn't flow through us to others, then it can just become stagnant. We can become by like becoming self-centered or that, you know, self-preoccupied and things like that. But when through compassion, it flows through us to others, then, there's a beauty in terms of how it makes us profoundly aware of our continual need for God's grace, and then being conduits of that grace to others. Mm-hmm. So it's,
1: yeah, you know, and even my own personal experience in praying with people, you know, you're 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 bringing the whole Christ to them, the whole notion of the transforming power of Christ. But in praying with people and getting clarity on what needs healing and what needs strengthening and what needs teaching for them to understand their union with God in love, when when you take authority in ministry over any influences, there's you, I mean, I just can't even remember one time when there isn't all of a sudden a change. It's not a dramatic emotional thing, but it's a cleansing, an enlightening, an opening, and, and, it's, uh, and, and you can see it in a person. You can see them actually changing because all that stuff, the blood, is cleansing all the junk away. The power of the blood is cleansing any influences from Satan's subtle deceptions or deceit or lie or depressions or whatever. And you can actually see the person change. By the power of the blood of the Son of God, when you're praying for them for healing and ministry, wow. there's a real direct connection between healing and between that cleansing power of the blood of Jesus.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah it's a, it's an image I've gotten a couple of times, a few times, I guess, praying with people um, of Our Lady actually, like at the foot of the cross, and and taking the Lord's blood and like washing our wounds with it you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I think about that as you're saying what you are and thinking, isn't it ironic, right? We usually wash, we wash our wounds of blood, right? When we cut ourselves or get banged up when we're a kid and get all scraped up and, and we have to, to wash all of that out of there. And, and yet the power of his blood is that it's what, It's what washes our wounds instead of being washed of the blood or washed by the blood, you know?
1: Yeah. And then you you can notice then when like the practical things that you advise somebody or that they even come to see as they're being changed and cleansed by the power of the blood, you can see then they they automatically almost get the, the practical things they need to do to step forward and move into a deeper sense of spiritual and, and, uh, and uh, human freedom. They relate better to people. They're, they're not so fearful of other people. They're kind, they're compassionate because there's the, the, the space has been cleaned and cleared and it's filled with then the generosity of the gift of love and charity, which we'll talk about in another podcast and you can see, and they, they know this. They can feel it in themselves. They can actually feel that they've been cleansed and changed. And, and there's usually joy or light in their eyes or peacefulness in their spirit because of the power of the blood that ties into the death and resurrection. This is why the new covenant for Catholics to live Clearly and intentionally, covenant theology is important because that's where they understand the power, of the blood, and the gift of the death and resurrection of Jesus.
0: So, another thing that's coming to mind as you're talking about that is there were a couple of times I know I've shared with you um, about this, where um, different you know places where I was living, and one in particular comes to mind. This has happened. A A few times though in different in different times in different ways but where where there's been really a sense of um of oppression right one of the it was a house where i was living and and be back in the back bedroom it would sound like grand central station in the kitchen and i was living by by myself you know it became really obvious that um that there was stuff there that wasn't good, demonic kind of stuff. And um, so I was encouraged to pray the deliverance prayers or um, exorcism, whatever they are that the laity can pray. Right. And I was praying mm-hmm. those. And when it got to the point where it's, it, it, you're ad- adjuring Satan by all of these, by the power of the blood and the cross and, and all these things, but it was particularly, I was talking about our lady and it said, to Satan, you know, you're adjuring him, you're saying, she, Mary, who by her humility and from the first moment of her immaculate conception crushed your proud head. And as soon as I prayed that, Father David's like everything went like just really peacefully, just totally silent in the house and stayed like that the entire, the entire time I lived there. And um, and I was just trying to make sense of that as you were talking and I was thinking, but it totally makes sense, right? Because the power of the blood as we're talking about it is the blood flowing forward in time from the crucifixion. But Mary was also redeemed by his blood because Jesus is outside of time. It was the power of his blood that redeemed her as well from the first moment of her being immaculate, immaculately conceived, right? it was the power of his blood redeemed all of us. She wasn't outside of the need for redemption. That's that's how she she was just redeemed to be for her conception. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it's just the, you know, of course we would talk about his blood in terms of being in time and flowing forward from the cross. But when we look at it flowing back from the cross, like how powerful as well in terms of redeeming our lady and her being immaculately conceived and, and even the power of the effect of the effect of his precious blood yeah. right mm-hmm. in terms of over over sin over death over demonic influence or some things it's sense? like
1: it's like living in the eternal now right which is the, the gift of love the in, direct direct love you know it's it's like having that at the center of our soul, when that, when that, when the cleansing keeps going on and transformation goes on by the power of the blood, the, the intimacy doesn't go away because you were living in the eternal now and we're going to pass into eternity just like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: no matter how our life t- is terminated. We experience the process and the progress of the graces of intimacy with God by the power of the blood. And when we when we die, we're going to be shocked at how we've been transformed. Yeah. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. And so maybe from that image about the, the blood flowing to the eternal now, right? So it's a, the present moment of our lives can flow back over past woundedness,
1: Oh yeah. Past
0: hurts in terms of healing. And it can flow forward too, right? In terms yep. Yep. of our future, the Lord's plans for us. And um, certainly banishing anxiety and those sort of things when we're not relying on ourselves, but relying on on the Lord's power coming from his precious blood.
1: So yeah.
0: He's outside. What of time. a gift. Mm-hmm.
1: What a gift! And we've been into this whole formation, this a renewed approach to formation in our Catholic pastoral parish life for communion and discipleship. But what about the what a gift this is to bring those realities forward? You know, when people practically understand uh, how to pray in that, how to stand in that, how to how to relate to that. And uh, the, the beautiful gift of the power of the blood that is at the center of one's soul and prayer and contemplation and ministry and action and love in the development of their personality and relationship with other brothers and sisters for communion and discipleship.
0: Amen. Father David, would you, would you um, pray a prayer? for for us for our listeners as we wind up this podcast calling on the power of the precious blood and in our lives
1: would be would be i'd be most happy to coming in in the perspective of we're living in the new covenant amen we're living in the glorified lord dear father we thank you so much for the sacrifice of your son jesus And the suffering that he's gone through and the pouring out of his blood and the piercing of his heart and the gift that he's given of his blood to us that we may be transformed and cleansed and freed stage by stage day by day as we enter more and more into your gift of union and love poured out through the blood of jesus and the gifts of the spirit the gift of the spirit to enable us to become a part of your family, Father, and your way of life through the ways in which the church ministers these mysteries and these gifts to us in generosity and goodness and we thank you and we praise you and we pray for a a deep inundation of these graces and gifts in this time in the life of the church and in our own personal lives and through the glorified jesus we pray this prayer amen
0: amen amen and amen thank you for joining me for today's show please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.